So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance UK. I'm Mr. O. Today, Ms. H and I will be discussing Season 10, Episode 6 of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Devin breaks down in front of Nick's family. Jasmine gets accused by Gino's family. Rob thinks Sophie may have ghosted him. Ashley and Manuel try couples counseling. Annalie gets to Clayton's small apartment. And Nikki tells Igor's friends a whole lot of things. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I we're getting there. That's how I'm getting there. One more, one more full week, and then we have Thanksgiving week. So, yes, yes, which I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. I'm thankful. Thanksgiving's one of your favorites. I know. Yes, it is. Uh, well, because how many holidays are centered solely around eating? Yes, just eat. That's all. That <laughs> all you have to do this holiday is just eat. There we go. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, well, let's talk about a couple that maybe isn't so thankful, and that's Sophie and Rob. Oh, jeez. So yeah. <laughs> Rob doesn't know what's going on with Sophie, and he thinks that she's done. He doesn't know the girl who was messaging him, and the conversation was from before they got their visa, but also only a couple months ago. So he sees it as free porn that was sent to him. Mm. He tries to get Sophie to respond to him because he just wants to talk. He feels heartbroken and wants a chance to make it up to her. Sophie video calls her mom, Claire, to give her the update. Sophie tells Claire that her dreams are really intuitive, so when she had a dream of Rob cheating on her, she checked his phone. Sophie saw that the last message was from 14 weeks ago. Claire says it took her a while to get to a place where she was okay with Rob cheating the first time. Sophie tells her mom that she's stressed and doesn't know what to do. Claire says that Sophie has done all of this to be with him because Rob didn't want to come to the UK. So Claire calls Rob a jobless, boring, no sympathy cheater. She calls him disgusting and begs Sophie not to marry him. Claire thinks that Sophie still loves him and deep down wants to give him another chance, which is why she hasn't called to specifically say that she's left Rob. Sophie says that you can't unlove someone that quickly and she will hear him out, but she also knows that she can't trust him either. Claire tells Sophie that she can't tell her what to do, but she would like her to get on a plane and come back to be with her. Sophie wonders if she should be strong and leave or try to make it work with Rob and be the couple they both aspire to be. She just feels like she would be an idiot for staying and for him to do this again. Okay, so already we're Mm -hmm. seeing Sophie kind of waver. And the fact that it's like she even acknowledges like, I should be strong and leave. It would be stupid for me to stay and for him to do this again. But yet it's very much leaning towards the fact that she might stick around. I mean, she hasn't made anything permanent. And we've kind of said this before, you know, about the fact that uh, we rarely, in fact, never have had a couple that doesn't get married because of the permanence of it. Do you think Sophie is going to stick around? (sighs) I don't know. I, I, I this one I really don't know about because he's such a tool, man. Like, yeah, it's because it, it's one of those things that we we always we get to that I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't see it like at all. Like, I don't see. I can see why you start talking to this dude if he if his pictures are on Instagram. He's attractive enough for that, right? Mm-hmm. You'd be like, hey, hey, what's going on? But like, 
I don't understand how you're still attracted to this guy after you have a conversation with him. He's not interesting. He's like, it's annoying. He's doing whatever this is. Like she, this is not like a little kind of thing for her. The word she uses to describe this the most often is disgusting. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how you could possibly stay with someone that you find disgusting. Right. Well, the other thing, too, is I don't understand Rob. Okay, so he's engaging in this behavior. So it just sounds like he isn't in this 100 Mm percent. But even completely separate from that, it seems like he was looking for an excuse for this to be over when he found out about the whole like their values are not the same when it comes to future family planning. So to me, if I'm Rob and I'm like, oh, I have other options like this free porn that's happening. And, uh, you know, I don't really want to be with this person long term because she doesn't want kids. I'd be like, oh, you found the cheating thing. Mm, Okay, bye. You know, and I just let her go. But I feel like the reason why he's sticking with this is because he doesn't want to look like the asshole at the end of the day. Right. The one who got broken up with. I don't know, because I I feel like he still thinks, oh, kids are on the table. Like, I think they had the conversation enough that he was like, oh, this is still something that's going to happen. You know, we'll just do it later because he's not trying to do it right now anyway. I mean, he yeah. does strike me as somebody who's going to who's going to spend the ages who could, you know, and we I feel like I've known these people. The kind of people who fuck around from the ages of 23 to like 45 and the whole time they're like, I want to have kids one day. And it's like, do you? Because you won't stop fucking around. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. um, and I know he's trying to get married to Sophie, but I think it's definitely he's just even if they do get married, I could see him just being a guy who's like, hey, we're not ready yet, though. We're not ready yet, though. I want to do it, but we're not ready yet, though. Right. And yeah. then all of a sudden he's like, I can't imagine my life without a family. And he's going to find some other woman to just be like, we need to do it now. I need par- I need kids immediately right now. Yeah. I'm wondering a little bit. And this is kind of funny because this is never like the case. It's always the other way around. But Rob is jobless. Like, I I mean, I guess influencing is like not really a job. No, it's not a job. So, yeah. So is he just with Sophie because Sophie comes from family money and he's hoping that he gets like some windfall from that, you know? He could or at least be able to, you know, participate in the lifestyle, even if she's like, – right. she pays for the apartment, she pays for the cars, whatever. He could be a, a kept man or – but he wouldn't be. He'd pretend he go, like he was. Like at least he's not a, I'm the man. I make all the calls in the house. The woman is there to listen right. to what I say how to do. He's not that – he's not that kind of a douche. He's a completely different kind of a douche. Right. But yeah. But I mean, it's especially like his explanation of what this app, what was going on. I don't know what app this was, but it definitely mm-hmm. sounds like a kind of app where you hook up with, you get connected with real people, right? Right. And actively solicit nudes from them and actively give nudes to them. So for him to be like, this is just like free porn that a stranger sent to me. It was like, yeah, you asked for, yes, that's very right. different than just coming across free porn. Right. And especially because it's like what you were having trouble finding free porn on the Internet. Was that that was your issue there, Rob? Like, come on. Like, so his like trying to minimize like what happened was was kind of like was I didn't I took it. I took it badly. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I can kind of see is there are certainly like 
apps, like dating apps. And I'm I'm sure that's not the app that he was on. God, I only hope so. Uh, but, you know, I've seen like on dating apps, like some of the bots are just being blatant, right? Like yeah, they're just sure. giving you a taste from the get go, right? Uh-huh. So it's like you just straight up get nudes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, if it was like, oh, I checked his spam email, there were nude pictures in there. I'd be like, yeah, there were. We get that all the time. Like spam. Actually, it's not spam. That just reminded me of something. I was getting these random texts from a random number. Mm-hmm. And it was like, hey, you remember me? And I'm like, no, because I have literally no idea who this person is. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I was just lonely and wanted to know if you wanted to hang out. And then sent me like straight up like topless pictures. Yeah. Like, and yes. I'm just like, okay, like. It was interesting to me because you didn't even know if I was in your key demographic here, right? And you led with nude pictures. And it was just very interesting that that seems to just be like, okay, we'll freely lead with that because most of the time the people who are sending it, it's not their picture anyway. 100% no. Yeah, absolutely right. not. But and, and the thing was is I think the part he was leaving out and I think the part that Sophie kind of implied is he sent stuff back. Oh, and sure, And the sending sure. of stuff back definitely – Knowing the person and soliciting the nudes from them, not right. even if you, whether you know them or not, soliciting the nudes from them, like having a conversation where you dip into, hey, you want to send me some naked pictures? We're be, we're past porn now. Like this is right. no longer porn. This is more in the realm of cheating. But then yeah. sending them stuff back is definitely in the realm of cheating. Yeah. But I feel like Rob is just trying to save face, not even for Sophie, just for no, TV audience. No, for the TV audience. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He just doesn't want to look come across as the knob. Right, right. All right. So speaking of people who worry about how they come across, well, I don't know if that's, that's quite true, but let's talk about Nikki and Igor. So it's another morning of Nikki and Igor getting woken up by his alarm, and he tells us in an interview that they had some physical connections last night. Nikki tells us, tells him, though, that he was, you know, it was nice, but like, then it just ended. So he was, I guess he was a quick draw McGraw or something. I don't know. So, and he, she also said that he isn't enough of a giver in bed. So she says it was good, but she needs more, especially because, you know, she took all these hormones before the trip. So she's like a leopard, a leopard in heat, God. she says. So Igor asks her why, if, if all she cares about is the sex, why didn't she pick a professional sex partner if that's all that matters instead of, you know, a boyfriend? I think that he was just trying to get at, like, there's more to a good relationship than sex and you could have just gotten a male prostitute and had sex with him if all you heard about was sex. Um, But anyway, that just makes her angry, confused by what he's saying again. So she's – she tells us what she really is upset that she thinks he seems unsure to her. So later on, uh, Igor is joking about – like, driving along and joking about, you know, seeing ex-girlfriends all along the street and they are off to meet his friends. So he is glad that – she is glad that he's, like, leveling up this relationship by actually introducing her to his friends. Um, But on the other hand, she's worried that they're going to be – judge her because it's a conservative country and whatnot. So they get there and she makes her way. She, like, walks around the table and hugs everyone there and the one, like – Female friend that was there, whose name is Roxy, says that Nikki is friendly and beautiful, and um, she's actually doubly surprised that, that Nikki's here. One, that Igor brought anybody, any girlfriend around to talk to his friends, and two, how much she looks like very different from many of the women in Moldova. 
So they, then they start drinking. They do tears and shots. And they talk about how much has changed in Moldova since the last time she's been here, which was like 15 years ago. Um, this is when they find out that Igor didn't know from the beginning when they had dated the first time that Nikki was trans and he just thought she was an exotic woman. So she tells everyone that she's not proud she did that, but gets, you know, tries to get it excused by explaining how hard her life has been, um, especially when she comes out to people. And she tells us, tells us and them things that she had to, some of the things she had to do just to survive, which include, you know, there was drug addiction, there was prostitution. It was, it was a mess. So Igor doesn't feel at all bad about Nikki telling her, telling her, his friends all of these things. Um, and she just says the reason that she hid her past was because she was sure that he was going to reject her if he found out that she was trans. So Roxy tries to give a little bit of a Moldovan perspective, like, oh, this is why that might, how things went down might have went down because of our culture. And, you know, he had to overcome a lot of socialized conservatism, you know, in, in this, in the sexual realm and stuff. So Nikki is glad things are going well now and went well with her friends. And, but, she really wants to get to the bottom of some things. So now that things went okay, she has a plan to probe the things about some of the things she wants to know about Igor. So she starts this off by getting the girl away from everybody. So she asks Roxy to come to the bar with her and Igor's left with all the guys. So the guys all give him a lot of support. And, you know, when, when they leave and at the bar, Nikki tells Roxy about Igor and sex stuff. Like she's like, do Moldovan guys go down on women? And Roxy is like, uh, yeah. And that's when Nikki is like, well, he doesn't do that anymore. Like he did before I knew he knew I was trans, but not anymore. So they go back to outside to ask Igor about, about their sex life. And he says that, you know, that, uh, Nikki is a sex machine. So, um, Mm -hmm. he says that unlike many of the women he's used to being with, she's not submissive in bed, which sometimes kind of makes him feel like she's the man in the relationship. Mm. Mm. So, one friend directly asks if Nikki has a penis, but Igor says that when you know she's naked, you can't tell her differently, different from any other woman. But when he spends time thinking about it, he's like, used to be a man, used to be a man, used to be a man. And it, he said, the way he puts it, it cools him off. And sometimes he can't perform. So he tells us in an interview that he, it's kind of a mental block that he has when they start getting intimate. He can't forget that he's trans. And especially when, um, especially when she keeps taking like control and being dominant in the bedroom. So it seems like a lot of Nikki's suspicions may have been right. So what's more infuriating about that? The fact that, you know, Nikki is going around um, to strangers asking if their friends um, like, you know, give oral oral? (laughs) or like the fact that God damn it, she was right. Well, okay. I think it's really interesting because it never occurred to me that, her aggressiveness kind of like in his mind was like male energy. Right. 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 And mm-hmm. I feel like that's really what it is. And you were right. He ad- basically admits to having like problems with ED because and I think part of it has to do with his he's in his head about this like big male energy in the bedroom. Right. And it like to me, like that all makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but I don't know how you get out of this cycle because I think the reason why Nikki is so aggressive in the bedroom is because he's not the one being the instigator. And right. so she sees this as just not even happening unless she's 
like in there taking charge. And so it's like, I, I don't know how at this point you get out of that cycle because Nikki has tried to communicate that she wants him to instigate. And his reaction is just to do nothing, mm-hmm. um, to give her flowers and to be romantic and, She's like, no, (laughs) I want you to throw me around and stuff, you know, and it's I think communication is part of it. But I also think and this is what is like, I think it's on Nikki is like she needs to give him time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's also kind of a it's just bad bedroom communication. Right. Right. Because I feel like a lot of people communicate in the bedroom with their actions. Right. That they're like they show you what they want by doing that thing. Right. Mm -hmm. I think she wants him to be aggressive and throw her around. I absolutely think that is. And she shows him that by being aggressive and trying to throw him around. (laughs) Right. Right. And And he's like, like, wow. He's like, I don't know. I don't like this. And then he's trying to show (laughs) her that he wants her to be a little more submissive and take it easy. And so he does that by being more submissive and taking it easy. And it's like – and so both of them are acting out what they want and not getting what they want. Right. 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 But I do think there is a mental block from his side and her behavior is just like, you know, keeping that up. It's already there. Like I think whenever they're doing it, it's already – it's omnipresent. But I think that's – you're right in pointing out. But when she's on top of that dominant in the bedroom, it's like – it's it's compounded, right? It's already like, oh, this is not good. But if it was like – but once it's like, yes, this is exactly – I'm I'm worried that she used to be a man and it, it, it kind of freaks me out and I don't know if I'm gay or not or whatever it is that mental block is there. And then it's like – and then it's like – then I then it's also – and this is what I imagine having sex with a man would be like, with a man would be right. like. With, yeah. Like how, uh, she, she's like on top and pinning me down and things like that. Like this is uh, – like so right. it's like your worst fear of what could possibly be happening or what, what this is, she's just feeding into it. Right. Okay. So I'm confused by their relationship timeline. Um, so they broke up and they claim to have seen each other. Did they see each other? But then she keeps on saying that this is the first time she's been back in Moldova since what they were together the first time. Did they right. meet up in another country? Is that how they've seen each other? Because that's the only yeah, that's, thing that I can think of. It's gotta that's gotta be it. I thought I, I thought she had said she came back more recently. But that's what I thought. But she keeps on saying that this is her first time back to Moldova in like 15 years and the country's really changed. And it's like, yeah, but I swear you've seen him before. Yeah, because she she definitely at the beginning of the year, like lectured him about how they were together for two weeks and they only had sex five times. Right. right? And so that was recent. That was not 15 years ago. So right. I don't know. I maybe we had assumed that was in Moldova and like met right. in Prague or something. That's always the place yeah. they meet is Prague. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. So that would make a little bit more sense because I was just like, I don't get it. Why she keep on talking about she hasn't been back here in fifteen years? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's move on to uh, let's another couple with some conflict and communication problems. <laughs> Gosh, Ashley Emanuel. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Ashley Emanuel seemed to be doing okay at the beginning of the episode. Well, but yeah. the producers are like, hold up. We thought you guys were fighting. Like, how is everything all great now? 
Ashley says that they had sex, so things are okay because sex is magic. And then gives us instructions of what to do. This is so weird. What is she right. talking about? When like, you want to manifest something while having sex, there were much more details. This is instructions. too much I'm work. Go I just want to enjoy the sex and move on. Like, right. What are we doing? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, they're meeting with Ashley's friends at what she refers to as a witchy bar, but to me it just looked it like a bar. bar. So it was a regular I bar. I have no yeah. idea why it's a witchy bar, but anyway, so Ashley says her friends are judgy and they will give their unsolicited opinion. Manuel tells the friends that it's been a dream come true being there. Ashley says that they're adjusting, especially since Manuel thinks it's a joke that Ashley is a witch. The friends ask if they're actually trying to resolve their problems or just have sex to bang it out. And Manuel says that mm, Ashley talks too much and he just gets yelled at. Uh, she doesn't translate this for her friends and tells them it's not about who's right or wrong, but how they work through it. Her friends think that he's too controlling and they're worried that he's never going to change. Manuel says he's only 80% ready to get married. Oh, jeez. He says that you never know the other person completely and there will always be secrets, which I feel like he's speaking from his own, like, personal experience, right? Like, I have secrets. That could You'll be a loss in translation in terms of, oh, you, you you know, you're always learning things about your partner. You never know them completely. But he just sounds like, no, you're keeping secrets. I'm keeping secrets. We're all keeping secrets. Let's see. Right. <laughs> so the friends think that Manuel is acting shady and they can tell he's starting to shut down. Ashley says that Manuel doesn't like to be questioned, and he's uh, seen she's seen him react this way before. Manuel knew that they were going to attack him, but the idea was to have friends, not enemies. Ashley is dragging Manuel to couples therapy, and he doesn't want to go because he believes he has nothing to hide. Ashley says it's preventative because she doesn't want a divorce. Ashley thinks that they are experiencing a different kind of relationship, which I absolutely 100% agree with mm -hmm. her. Uh, Manuel thinks that Ashley is just trying to create problems at, when there are real issues, he would just refer, uh, prefer to ignore it and not say anything. Their counselor, Ivana, is bilingual and has experience working with K-1 visa couples. She hopes to be the bridge of the cultural differences. Ashley thinks that Manuel isn't very open with her, and he says that he's used to figuring things out himself, so he just doesn't feel a need to have to include her in everything. He also doesn't like that she seems to always be accusing him of something. Ashley then brings up that Manuel ignores her, like watches TV and oh, stares straight ahead, <sighs> and that makes her react even more. And Manuel smiles and says that, he just sits back and enjoys it. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what he's doing. Ashley says in the interview that this is so rude and she is livid. But in real life, she doesn't react that way. Ashley tells him that it feels like he's living a double life. And he says that he doesn't have to share everything with her. All right. So what was your take on I? Oh, my gosh. I was with Ashley. I, was, I, was, I would punch him in the balls and leave forever. Like that's it. Done. Done. We are fuck. I, I, how that doesn't lead to violence. You're like, I, this really frustrates <laughs> me to do that. I know I do it like that on purpose because I think it's fucking funny, you bitch. That's what he said. Uh, that's what, that's what, that's pretty more much. Or less what, what that means. I like watching it. Hi, you, you stupid asshole. Like, I'm like, oh my God. I would, 
I, I, how, I don't know how you could possibly stay in that relationship. That one and thing he said, I'm done. the smile on his face when he yes. said that, too. Mm-hmm. Like this evil, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know it makes you mad. That's why I do it. And it's just like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, he was so awful. And it's just like, but I think that is also an example of the type of person you're dealing with. And I just personally would not want to deal with that person. Like... This is a contrarian. This is someone who likes to rile you up just because they revel in your misery. Yes. And it's like, why would you want this that is as a partner? My least favorite kind of person in the world. I do not associate with people like this. No. Like why why are you doing that? Because I, I like watching people be mad. I like right. fighting people with things. And I'm just like, nope, I will not do I I will not right. talk to you ever again. Like I'm done. Yeah. You are he out. is like the real life internet troll. He's a troll. Right? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what he is. He's a troll. Exactly. But in real life, like he's not mm-hmm. hiding behind anything. He's just doing it to piss you off. Well, and the other like, word for that for is a, the other word for that is a bully. That's what he yeah. is. Like, yeah, he's just causing her mean. I mean, and it's and the whole thing is, is then they go back and she's still going to bang him. And then she's going to have that stupid you know, like it's one of those things that I don't, she doesn't realize. Like, I don't know why she does it because at the beginning, like, oh, we had sex and everything's great. Now, just like you realize your problems didn't go away, right? You realize you just right. are in like the afterglow of sex and having a good time. That's all that's happening here. There's no yeah. magic that made you connect and communicate and things. All right. your problems still exist. You just got some and that's nice. Like, that's it. That's all that happened there. Yeah, if, if she doesn't like figure this shit out, it's like she deserves it. Yeah, yeah, right. Because it's like, then that's the thing too about him. He's not even trying to hide who he is. No, and that's the thing. It's like she she has this, you know. Oh, you know, when you have sex, we connect and we hold our auras and do this connection, and we're communicating with each other and solving our problems. No. He's like, this dude's just like, eh, got laid, pissed yeah. her off. It was funny. Then we had sex. I got laid. What's the problem? I have a great life. This is fantastic. Like he oh, is God, not doing that. Guy. He is not communicating with you through his penis. He is just trying to get some and God. doing whatever he can. Like he's he is living his own life. He does not care if he pisses her off. He does not care if they break up. He does not care. No, he doesn't. She needs to kick his ass to the curb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It was ugh, yeah, awful. Just awful. All right. Um, and speaking of awful, um, let's go to Gino and Jasmine. Oh, gosh. So finally, at long last, it's time for Jasmine to meet Gino's family in person. So she really doesn't want to, but she's already in the doghouse over the BBL. So she wants to smooth things over with Gino. So she's going to try to play along nice. So obviously, she's been in contact with some of his family members before, and it's not been pleasant. We see flashbacks of. You know, Dana asking about, you know, whatever stuff and the wedding date being blocked off, all kinds of things. So she knows that they they think she's a gold digger. So she wants to make sure she's dressed more professionally. So she wants to be friendly but says she isn't going to take any shit. So if they start being unfriendly, she's out of there. So they're meeting at a restaurant which has some bocce ball, which Gino keeps emphasizing how important it is to his family, even though they all kind of suck at it. Um, and on the way, Jasmine rookie, Jasmine just destroys all of them. And it's like, how do you get, okay. So on the way she lists, he lists like all the people that are going to be there. I'm not recounting that. 
So Jasmine says she feels like she's on the way to the butcher, but Gino doesn't want to hear it. She should just be positive. Ominously, it starts raining when they get there. So So when they do get there, everybody seems happy to see her, but she thinks this is just like them luring her into a false sense of security before they pounce. So Gino does a toast and then they go play bocce. Like Dana explains the rules and, you know, Gino again keeps talking about how much it means to the family and Jasmine, as we talked about, just destroys all of them. She like – uh, and makes her a true Italiano, according to Gino. But the other family members seem to want to get to the bottom. We just see, like, we find out later that it's Gino's brother, Tony, um, and his wife. And they're just like, oh, we got to figure out what he's doing. Because, you know, Gino, he's not that good looking. She's she's posting sexy pictures on Instagram. He She's out of his league. There's got to be something up here. So the first person we see Jasmine actually talking to is, is, uh, is Michelle. And uh, – She's telling her about all the things she's given up to move to the States. But Michelle thinks Jasmine's going to start feeling better once she's gotten used to things. Gino, for his part, goes to the bar and is talking to Dana and the guys about the rough couple of days that it's been. Specifically because how, you know, she just randomly spent $4,000 of his money on cosmetic surgery. So Dana is back on and which, you know, everybody who thinks she's a gold digger, eh, that's pretty, pretty fuel for that fire. Um, so... After everyone sits down, they start talking wedding logistics and Jasmine says she's not sure about having a big old wedding. Uh, so maybe it'll be just her and Gino at the court at the courthouse since, you know, it's her family can't be there. So maybe it's fair that, you know, it's even so there's nobody's families there. Of course, this greatly offends the, fee, uh, the family who's like, why should they do that? It's Gino's wedding too. And then uh, the shit really starts and they tell her their concerns about whether or not you're a gold digger. Are you sufficiently grateful for everything that Gino's given you? And then Gino's brother, Tony, who, by the way, is wearing a cowboy hat. I don't understand why. Was like, literally asks her, well, let me ask you a question. How do you plan on being a productive American when you're here? Which is the most insulting thing I can imagine asking. So Jasmine also agrees. It's super insulting. Um, She suspects that they're – she can't decide if they're just like against her or if they're just racist as hell and assume she's some lazy Hispanic trying to, you know, weasel her way into America. So she can't – she says that she can't work – she's not even allowed to work during these visa, but she's not after Gino's money. So then the subject, they're like, well, if you're not after his money, why didn't you – what about this prenup? And then turns out that Tony, um, his father-in-law, made him sign a prenup. He's like, you're going to marry my daughter. So this is the kind of the family this is. So he doesn't see the big deal about it. And anyway, he, of course, Gino needs that security blanket, which is not what the term security blanket means. He meant like safety uh, net. Security blanket is yeah. something you actually don't need but feel like you need anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Jasmine says she's trying her best to stay calm but is pretty sure there's nothing she's going to be able to do to convince them that she's good enough. So they eventually have to excuse themselves to go home uh, to, the, to let out the dog. And in the car, she kind of notes that no one, no one else in the family um, – it's from anywhere but the U.S. kind of being like, hey, Gino, do you think maybe your family's a little racist against Hispanic people? Just... But at some point during that conversation, we get completely derailed because her phone falls out of her pocket and she's trying to like reach down underneath and between the seats to find it. And instead, she finds a lip gloss. So mm. then we just get a whole lot of what is this? And then Gino just being like, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a mystery. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what that? Who knows? And she asks more forcefully and he plays dumb more forcefully. And th- he knows what she's getting at. Like 
whose is this? And he just is like, I don't know. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's some other motherfucker who was in here. Like, it's just bad. Yeah. So she's not happy with his explanation, though, uh, because what do you mean it's a coworker? You had coworkers in your car? You must have been dating some bitch from work. So he's also claimed that his next claim is that he's had the car for a long time. So maybe it was just in here when he bought the car. Or God, uh, I don't know. So anyway, Jasmine is reading his is reading his body language and and says his response is that she knows he's guilty of something. So then there's yelling, and then she really starts crying, just very much like I want to go back to Panama, like wine <laughs> crying. It's 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 really bad. So anyway, then there's she keeps going back and forth. She does the wine crying, then she cusses, then she does some wine crying, and she cusses. And they stop at a seemingly random location for her to get out of the car. And he said he's going to order her an Uber and take her to a hotel. But then she leaves her phone in the parking lot and like she can't – her passport's at his house. She says she's going to go home but she doesn't have anything, no passport, no money. What is she going to do? She has nothing. Okay, So did production leave the lip gloss in the car? No, I don't know. I I, honestly – I get – her where she's coming from right like her whole thing is yes she found the lip gloss in the car right but it's how gino reacted right and i get what she's saying because just by looking at him you're like you're guilty as fuck you're lying about something like i don't know what you're lying about you know but you're not i don't know and the fact that he like turns around and he does this too we've seen it he'll deflect Right. But it's the same stupid look he had on his face when he was caught. That is true. Know, yeah. yeah. With yeah. his ex. Uh, sex. Like oh, sexting. Pictures? What pictures? I don't know what pictures you're talking about. There right. are no pictures. Like playing dumb. Yeah, and so it's like I get what she sees. Right. She sees a guilty ass Gino. And it's like. You know, you do want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but we've seen what he's capable of with the whole, like, sending Jasmine's nudes to his ex, Mm -hmm. right? And then, like, he's just not very good at lying. He just isn't. No, and it's it's, it's a different – good at at lying, good at acting. He's bad at acting. But, yes, I know Joey because he gets, like, this little turtle shell. You can see his head kind of go back into his thing, and he looks not at her. He won't look her in the eye. Right. And he's just like – Oh, I don't I don't know. That must be. No, um, I don't. And no. then he tries to get mad and like, it's you know, not, uh, like yeah. he's <laughs> justified and, you know, get all nasty about it. And it's like, nah, dude, you're wrong. So I, I see what she sees and uh, I don't know how they're going to get out of this. I don't think it was a, a production plant. Eh, I don't know. I think it was a production plant. And if it was a production plant, it seems wild that production didn't come up as a conversation. He's like, I don't know. Maybe I had coworkers in my car. It's like, you know that there's been producers and workers in and out of that car for months, for years <laughs> coming in and out of that car, right? To put in the cameras, you know, ride along for the things. Like, you know that they're there. And I know it's a fourth wall thing. They can't break it and pretend like, I don't know, maybe it's some producer's lip gloss because that would have been the most logical explanation for him, even if he was lying. Would be to say, right. oh, it must be something must belong to some one of the producers that fell out of their pocket. Like that would be the most easy explanation for him to come up with, instead of like coworker or some other motherfucker. Like what other? What are you talking about? What's the Because <laughs> it didn't. It also didn't look like it was used. It was like brand new. Well, I mean, they all look brand yeah, new. I don't know. All right. 
I don't know. It takes me forever to get through a lip gloss. <laughs> I lose it before I get through yes. a lip gloss. Well, I mean, you at least use it first. But yes, that's maybe maybe it ended up in Gino's car. Maybe that's how oh, that's God. where it came from. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, but you know, we've seen them go through so much worse. You know that they're gonna kiss and make up. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, that's the other thing too. That's part of this. Is it? You know, you can laugh at it. You can be funny. But I know that none of she none of the things she says is a serious threat. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm going back to Panama. No, you're not. No, you're not. Right, right. But like, exactly. Okay, so what was up with that? What is that question? How are you going to be a productive American? Oh, no, it was super insulting and rude. How are you a productive uh, <laughs> citizen to society? How about that? Why right. don't you answer that? I don't know. It just, it, it just, it carried vibes with me. Like, oh, she's so just going to come up here from Panama and live off American money and live off the American system. I see how it is. You're just one of those. Like, it's like, you know. It, it it that's all I got when you're like how are you going to be a productive American like right like well I question his productivity too so oh, I know. very much question uh, you know who else questions <laughs> his productivity his father in law which is why right. he had to sign a prenup <laughs> right uh, exactly uh, okay uh, speaking of in laws let's talk about Nick and Devin so Nick is reminding Devin to smile as they walk up to meet his parents. Gunja, Nick's mom, gives Devin a hug and tells her she looks more beautiful in person. Diok, Nick's dad, greets Devin in English and they all get in the car. Diok also tells her that she's pretty and skinny, which is interesting coming from that family, considering Nick has been calling her piggy this whole time. <laughs> well, Diok's maybe that's why they were surprised. Is, they were like, right. His impression is that she knows how to respect her elders, and Gunja tells us that she's never thought about America before her son said he was going to move there. They drive to a restaurant where they are meeting up with Nick's sister, Sung, and her two children. Devin is very intimidated to meet everyone at the same time. Nick thinks this might be the only chance they have to get to know each other, I'm them and the family. Gunja notices that there is lipstick on Devin's teeth and instructs Nick to wipe it off. Nick encourages Devin to show them the Korean she's learned, but Devin refuses because she's too embarrassed. Nick tells his family that they will be living with Devin's parents when he goes to America. Gunja says that she will be sad that Nick will be gone. She worries that he won't come back. Nick keeps checking in to make sure that Devin is okay because Devin is acting very quiet. And all of a sudden, Devin just starts crying out of nowhere. She feels like the whole situation is her fault, meaning like Nick not seeing his family, and she's feeling a lot of pressure. Nick realizes that this whole meeting is difficult since Devin doesn't really speak Korean. Devin says that she didn't want to meet her in-laws this way, and she just feels stupid for crying. Nick translates to his family why she is crying. Gunja says that no matter why, no matter what, you will always worry about your child, even if they're going to move to another country. And she hopes that Nick will call uh, if there are hard times. She wishes them the best as the whole family claps. Gunja says that she trusts her son because he makes good decisions and does well for himself. They hope that the two of them will have a happy marriage. They uh, promise to call as often uh, as they part ways. And Nick tells Devin that he thinks her tears helped and he hopes that meeting her, uh, the parents goes, uh, her parents goes as smoothly as meeting his parents. All right. So what do you think is up with I don't Devin? know. The random crying out of nowhere uh, really, really got me there. So apparently um, she has had a lot of online kind of hate, I guess, 
uh, saying that, you know, she seems like mentally uh, unstable or mentally incapable. Oh, I, I, yeah. And they've, yeah, they've made fun of, you know, or pointed out that she, you know, is, well, one, emotional and uh, two, talks real slow. And she, Devin, has come out on social media to defend herself saying, well, that's because I was drunk the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, that would that would also explain the random crying for sure. Right, right. So I think that's interesting that she's coming out now saying that she was and she said it was to cope with the situation, right? To cope with the situation of filming because it didn't make her feel comfortable to cope with the uh, you know, situation of her having to meet his family and her being like really right. nervous and scared about it. So I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Does this put everything in a different perspective to you? <sighs> like having her say that she I was mean, drunk yeah, this whole it time? Makes, it, 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 she, when you say that, she does seem like she plausibly could be drunk. It's hard to tell when somebody's drunk when you don't know them when they're sober. Um, I don't right. have a baseline don't for have it. A baseline, because right? I also just think like – yeah. You know, that that's kind of the way people from that part of the country talk. Like, especially when you're like, oh, she talks really slow. It's like, yeah. Have you been to the South? Yeah. Have you, have I didn't you been think to the South before? That's just, yeah. how they, that's just how fast people talk. And right. That's not because they're dumb. It's just that's how – that's the pace of things down there. That's how people talk. Um, right. And so, yeah, I, I wasn't put off by that. A little mumbly. And now that, I'm, now, that I, now that I hear in like the mumbly, I was like, oh, not so much mumbly as slurry. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Like, uh, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't I wouldn't necessarily say she's drunk in the interviews, but I don't know. Maybe she's trying to say that she was just drunk the entire time <laughs> she was on this show. I have no idea. But once again, it's because right. we don't have a baseline, yeah. I mean, right? I don't know. Drunk Devin versus sober Devin. I don't, especially because they're pretty young. Like, imagine you're sitting there in mm -hmm. this restaurant filming for hours right we know it goes on for hours and hours and hours yeah you don't understand a damn word anybody's saying what are you doing besides drinking your drink like right. that's all i got oh there's more soju here okay like that's all i got i'm like i'm up for right, this conversation right. i don't know what's going on um but yeah it was like weird little things like if you're trying to impress people i feel like and they ask you for Korean, throw them an onion or something. Just give, give them something, you know? Right. Well, I mean, Mr. I o, you've been know. studying Korean, I feel like, for a good eight months. It's so hard. <laughs> uh, we were supposed to go to Korea, and so Mr. O has been preparing by learning Korean on Duolingo. And I thought I, you were pretty far along. I mean, we started at the same time. I gave up immediately because – It was, it was yeah. a solid almost a year. It was probably a year in, and I was like – I still don't know any yeah. Korean. I keep moving up the levels of this stupid app. <laughs> I can't say if you're like, oh, say something to me in Korean. I'd be like, Goyani means cat. Yobaseo. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yobaseo. Hambo is like their traditional thing, right? Baile, I know, is laundry. But, like, I couldn't say like, oh, hello, how are you doing today? Nice to meet you. Oh, like this is this is my friend. None of that. Nothing. Nothing like that. It was like – and it was like weird little yeah. words because what I would end up doing is – this is divergent on Duolingo now – is you end up being like, okay, well, I know the thing that ends in abnida is the verb and of the yeah. four choices I have, that's yeah. a verb. <laughs> so click that one. Booing, I got it. I, right. And so it was – it's – not the best app for learning languages. I really should try something different. <laughs>
Yeah. Well, I stopped immediately because I and I think especially as a teacher philosophically did not like iPhone's mm-hmm. version of Duolingo versus you have yeah. Android's version of Duolingo. So you had a much different experience. They didn't have a single lesson. It was like you got stuck on just the, on just the alphabet. I yeah, got the alphabet I, down. I could read the Korean yeah. words now. Like if you put a Korean like I, I can sound it all out. I have no idea what it says, but I can sound it all out. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it was just super frustrating to me because it was like basically a guess and check with material you've never seen before. And I don't think that's an effective no, way to learn but something. But then uh, it's funny because I know people who do Spanish and there's like so much more Spanish than there is Korean. So it, 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 mm-hmm. it's probably different for different languages, to be fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On Duolingo specifically. Yeah. But oh, yeah. So. Oh, I don't know. I this couple like his family. If this is the biggest hurdle they've been touting this whole time, they're going to they be fine. Their, and it, we had a little bit of the you cried, so I know that you care. But like, they, as much as he pumped them up, they were both sweethearts like the whole time. Yeah. Oh, they were so sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super accepting. Like, yeah. So it was fine. Like I said, if that's the most drama. That they're they've been building up this season, mm-hmm. they're gonna be fine. Although it is kind of odd to me, it's like how long is the season gonna be? We have two couples that aren't even in their ninety days. I yet. don't, I don't know that Nikki We've is got ever gonna Nikki get to their ninety and Igor, days. Like, yeah, Nick and Devin, like you know, it's like we still have ninety days yeah, from the time they're true. in the country. If, I, I don't know that Nikki's ever gonna get to the country. I don't know that Igor's ever gonna get here. That's that's the one I'm like. Eh. Because we have had that before. Like, we had couples that didn't get married, but they never started their 90 days. Wait, which ones? I mean, not on this show. On one of the spinoffs. Wasn't – they didn't do it. I have to look back. I have to look back now. I mean, there's certainly been couples that have broken up or, you know, before they came here on the visa. But I don't think anyone – Ever – on this show, like, uh, you know, before the 90 days, Yeah, well, maybe. definitely people on before the 90 and even on the other way have come back. But yeah. I thought there was somebody last season that didn't make it or didn't, never never even got to the States. Uh, wait, I guess they did too. I'm looking at even Muhammad. That was dumb. Why did they get married? That was dumb. <laughs> A lot of these are like, why? But why did they get married? But why? I know because they get divorced like two seconds later. It's stupid. Yeah, but they anyway. They make let's it. go to these last people, and that's Clayton and Annalie. So we start uh, by meeting Annalie at two a.m. in the Miami airport, and she's going to have some rest before flying, you know, to Atlanta and then to Kentucky to be with Clayton. So he's trying his best to tidy up the apartment, and he's pretty nervous about the whole thing, and really hopes she doesn't get too homesick, uh, like too homesick to even stay in the states. So he shows us the little gifts that he got her, including a T-shirt with their faces on it, which, of course, are matching, which, of course, why? Um, God. So anyway, he's getting ready to leave <laughs> and closet mom Violet says she's been working on her Spanish and he's like, oh, let me hear it. And she's just like, como esta? Like, like okay. <laughs> so Clayton realizes that the language barrier is going to probably be pretty stiff here. But tries to caution Violet against talking to Annalie like she's a child. She's worried about the, hello, are you liking it in America type stuff. So anyway, he's worried that Violet's going to get oh, frustrated thanks. and confrontational when she can't understand what she, when she can't understand what's going on. So Clayton gets to the airport with flowers, which is a new thing for him to buy. So pretty sure, pretty soon, Annalie comes down the airport escalator and then there's hugs and kisses. And she notices the shirt and he also has a mug for her if it says guinea pigs are not food. 
Um, cause they joke around about that. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, that's cause you haven't had it yet. I'm going to cook that thing. Um, and then he's like, you have to learn how to cook first. So then it's time to pack up the car and go back to the apartment. So it's a whole new experience, even having company in his apartment, let alone a new person living there. So he thinks that his mom's messiness and Annalie's organization might not really mesh well, but he can't just evict his mom. So she uh, she comes in and hugs Violet, who hits her with like a, a very, very awkward Te Amo. Just like – she's like, oh, hi. How's it going? She's like, Te Amo. I was like, thank, thank you. Uh, very confused. Everyone was very confused, especially because the dog is barking through the whole thing. So Violet says she can tell that Clayton is happy. And then he gives Annalie the, the tour of the place, starting with yeah, the fenced-in area they have for the guinea pigs. So she tells us that the first thing she noticed at the apartment is that it's full of crap and there's not a couch or a kitchen table. And instead of having space for themselves – uh, they just have a lot of the main part of the apartment set aside for the guinea pigs and the dogs. So Annalie also didn't realize that Violet, where Violet sleeps, is actually just a closet. She's like, I thought it was a small space or room. I did not know it was a closet. Um, and she doesn't know what to say about that. So they get to the bedroom, which is, as she says, small like Clayton. So Annalie says her home in Peru was big. So this is going to be a pretty big adjustment. So he kind of asks her what she thinks about everything and she's just kind of like, mm. so she doesn't want to demand anything from him right now, but they're going to need a bigger place probably sooner rather than later. So later on, we see them getting ready for bed and Clayton does uh, does note the logistical difficulties of getting freaky with mom in the other room. So he knows it's going to be a damper on their sex life, but maybe mom can leave sometimes or just put on some headphones or something. Uh so they're gonna they're gonna sleep in these t-shirts he made, and then Annalie builds Annalie kind of before she gets to the bed builds a hazel style wall out of a panda. Is like here's the pillow that's going between <laughs> us, and yeah. Um, so Clayton was hoping to get lucky tonight, but he guesses it's not in the cards now, and he's worried about when it's going to happen. So I just can't. Where would you have to be in life to do it with your mom in the, with his mom in the closet next to you? Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't know. There are certainly couples that have had this situation and not a wall to an adjoining closet, but like certainly shared walls like uh, Brandon and Julia. Oh, they made them like split bedrooms and stuff too. uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was – but she sneaked into his room and there was certainly parents Mm -hmm. on the other side of that wall, so they had to be extra quiet. But there have been couples that have shared space. Oh, uh uh, Kobe and uh, oh, yeah, what's her yeah, face? Emily and Kobe. Yeah, they, definitely have. they have like two more kids now, so they've done, they keep doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they, I mean, there's certainly been situations, but I think she pointed it out. Like, I actually kind of like sure. this girl, Annalie, right? She's, she pointed out like the obvious, but not so obvious. Like you make all this space for your animals, but you have no right. space for yourself. And that's, that's, I didn't. I guess I didn't put a finger on why that apartment felt even smaller than it probably is, and it's because they mm. don't have a place to sit down. Right, they don't have anything. Well, he said something to that extent, right? He said he spends a lot of time in his room because he's got his desk with his gaming chair that he basically lives in his gaming chair because he yeah. eats at his desk. So it's like, where the hell she does has mom to eat, eat? Like crisscross applesauce in the closet, I guess. Yeah, on her bed. Yeah, that's weird. Or standing up mm-hmm. over the counter. 
which I doubt she does that because it kind I get the impression that their counter usually has just stuff all over it. Said as much when he was like, oh, here's the kitchen. This is the cleanest it's ever been. So I, yeah, I doubt that they ever have space on the counter to eat at. Yeah, but it's insane that their guinea pig pen is so huge, I don't know how much space you're supposed to give guinea pigs. They're pretty big, and I feel like people tend to give them not enough space. But it's just – that's kind of – to me, it's just like, man – But dedicated space, it's like, I don't know. Can't you, like, stick them in a ball or something like that if they're going to roam around? Like a hamster ball? Like a hamster ball? guinea pig balls. Either way, no matter where you put them, it's just like – I don't understand. Uh, you know, animals are fine. I get people who have animals. I have a cat. You know, people, things like that. But like, you got to have space for it, man. Like, you, you, you right. just four yeah. animals in that apartment. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's part of the reason why they're so fat. They have Go. nowhere to yeah. like yeah, run sure. about. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh. Yeah. Just uh, poor Annalie, but. Also, I kind of get vibes like she's just not that into this situation or into him. The fact that she was creating Mm -hmm. that wall and is like, I sleep over here. Yes. But he went to visit her. So they've done it before. Yeah. 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 Here, I'm going to put this panda in between us right now to indicate to you that tonight's not the night. But is it ever – is he going to be like, it's never the night when your mom's in the closet, dude. Like – and is it going to be – is it going to Is it gonna be like that? Because that, that's going to that's gonna be a hamper. See, but the thing to me is like that's very mm-hmm. clearly like just don't even touch me, right? You can cuddle. That's all innocent. I wouldn't be embarrassed if like, you know, there was a situation where my parents walked in and like yeah, my yeah. partner if had their that arm standard, around me. Like, like yeah, big deal. Like guy, on, guy on his back with your arm around and you're kind of like leaned into him like – that's fine. And your parents walked in on that. You wouldn't right. be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not ideal, but I mean, I wouldn't be like super embarrassed about it. But like spooning would be worse than that, I feel like. But still not the worst thing in the world. Not like. Right. And so it's like she's like yeah, creating no touching. a wall. Like, no touching. No, you shall not pass. Don't touch me. Yeah. So I don't think it's just mom sharing a wall. And I could see that. I could see if it's kind of a Jasmine and Gino situation. It's like, now that I see how disgusting you live, mm-hmm. uh, I'm turned off by you. <laughs> like, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, we've seen everyone. Um, so out of the group, uh, who was your student of the week? Nick. Um, he was just fine. I feel like everybody else was either breaking into tears for no reason or being weird. I mean, I, I, oh, God. Yeah, maybe Annalie I could see, but I'll just, I'll just say Nick, he seemed to do an okay job, you know, going back and forth between his parents and, and, and you know, and Devin and everybody seemed happy in the end. So he managed it. Yeah, I went with Annalie and I like her, but also, you know, her holding back <laughs> with the complaint. She's like, I want to complain. This is awful, but I'll, yeah. All right. Right. She's like, mm, I'll, like, you know, ease into that. So the fact that she didn't come out the gate. And how many of these cast members in general have we seen where, like, G- Jasmine, for example, out the gate complaining about everything in the house, right? So we've certainly seen that people do do that. So I appreciate that. Annalie is like, okay, today is not the day. 
All right. Uh, what about your dunce? Manuel. Oh, I hate this dude, Manuel. Yeah, I hate him so much. Like, even before he said the thing, he just makes that face, that yeah, smug, that duh face. better than you. It's like, it's all, it's simultaneously, I'm better than you and I'm a dumbass. Like, yeah. at the same time, I'm a dumbass who thinks he's better than you. Like, where do you get that? I don't understand. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Which leads me to my life lesson, which is like, if you have a partner who, you know, finds pleasure in your pain, Bye. Like, we're yeah, done. definitely. That's you can't. Yeah, that's not acceptable. All right. What about your life lesson? Uh, so my life lesson goes if there's it goes towards Gino's family, I guess. I can't think of any positive outcome to asking your, oh someone's fiance if they're a sugar mama or in it for the money. Like what? Either they are. Oh, yeah, are, got me. <laughs> well, you got me. That's it. I guess I'll go back to Panama now. Uh, my plan is ruined. Like, either way, right. they're going to either be like, you're an asshole. Why would you ask me that? Right. <laughs> and, like, they're not going to admit it. So what's right. the point? Or, okay, let's say, like, you get what you, like, they admit it. What are you going to do about it? Okay, now you know. Cat's yeah. out of the bag. All right. Yeah, great. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, no tact. Uh, okay, so uh, we will be back again uh, this time next week. Uh, yeah, I think we'll we. I think we're like not even in the middle of this. I don't think so either. I don't right. think so either. This we're, is episode six. I I don't. I think there'll be more than twelve for sure. Oh, for sure. I'm thinking closer to twenty. Closer to twenty. Yeah, yeah that's what I would I think say so mm-hmm. too. So we're we're just getting started here. So, all right. So until next week. All right. See everybody okay. then. Bye. Okay, bye.